Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a podcast about movies where we pick themes and our listeners pick what we have to watch. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from the 24th floor of the Silver Legacy Hotel in Reno, Nevada. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And uh, you can see all of my great photos of my Reno adventure, which I, for the record, don't recommend. <laughs> uh now, also joining us today, we have a great panel. Uh, first up, my co-host, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Portland, Oregon. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, excuse me. It's Lopez. Anthony Lopez. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. Good. We went d- deep dig for that one. You really yeah. pulled out all the oh, stops. I like my jokes shaken, not stoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you took mine. <laughs> I, I tried to flip over the desk I'm sitting at in anger, but I was too heavy. <laughs> Those hotel desks are made really well these they're, days. Well, they're, it's attached to the TV stand and the dresser. Like they were afraid <laughs> I was going to steal it. Uh, is there also, just one piece of furniture in your hotel room? <laughs> it is. and it, uh, Yeah, I guess that's a true description. <laughs> Why don't you call... Miss Moneypenny down at the front desk and see if she can. All right, that one that didn't quite work. <laughs> also joining us Listen, today, I have a cue for you. <laughs> uh, M and M. I don't know. I got nothing. All right, I'm done. <laughs> also joining us today, uh, she's at Phoebe Bottoms on Twitter in Los Angeles, California. Please welcome back, Phoebe Bottoms. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Alex. Yay. Uh, Anthony just took all the jokes, so you don't have to worry about one. I have nothing left to say for the rest of the podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't sleep at all last night. I was like, I'm going to get in there with a shaken, not stirred reference. Start <laughs> the day off right. It's 10 a.m. The rest of my like non-podcast day is going to be set by that tone. So, I think you got to uh, just make a real martini now. Oh, I, I've been doing that since 7 I've been pre-gaming. Well, fortunately for you, I have a special joke that I've prepared for you. It looks like a watch, but when you press the button, joke pops out. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like his gun, his watch gun? I thought you said you had a joke. I thought you were I had, like, I thought it was, it was a, a setup to like a... Yeah. No, that's great. Oh boy. <laughs> That was great. Good work, Alex. Yeah, that's great. The, the, the most sincere no, that's great that I think I've no, ever gotten. That that oh. was perfect because that's exactly the Q James Bond dynamic. Like Q's very excited about his toy, and Bond's like, "Cool, thanks." He always <laughs> yeah, he works so hard. He's like in his garage listening to Slayer, making his little gadgets, and then Bond shit. comes and takes him, and he's like. Okay, if you're not going to be excited about it, can you please not break it? And then 100% of the time, he <laughs> breaks all his fun toys. He breaks so many things. Man, the, that boat, like, that boat was in existence for an hour, and he used all the mines and then blew it up. Yeah. It was a dope boat. It was so good. Yeah, he's it was a, a dope boat. He's a boat waster, that bond. Also, let's round out the panel just to finish this up. Uh, she's at Angela Maweber on Twitter, also one of the hosts of the podcasts. Gosh darn fiasco. Where you play improv comedy role playing game? Uh, Hello, and also member of the, the Double Clicks uh, from Los Angeles, California, and back for the second uh, Phoebe Angela Double Podcast. In the I last know, I'm so happy about it. Um, please welcome back I Angela can... Weber. Hello, I never right. learned to read. That was the quote I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, yeah, look at you guys back together. This is, I didn't do that on purpose, but I was uh, it was a pleasant surprise after having made you read that terrible elf sex book. That yeah. was really bad. Well, I like this because Phoebe and I live in the same city, but we only see each other while recording her podcast. It works out great. Or a podcast, and also other podcasts. Right. Right? You're, just yeah. on a, you're on a podcast tour of LA, and then you never hang out. <laughs> uh, tacos. We should get tacos. I, love tacos. I would love to get tacos. Half of my vision board is just was just recording another podcast together. The other half was sandwiches, but I can change that to tacos very easily. Should we just stop this and go get tacos right oh, now? God, I'm and then so we'll hungry. Them into a wristwatch. Yeah. Or if there was a way you could leave this podcast and go record something better, <laughs> like while you're already planned out. Oh, I, did I ever tell you guys my update about that book we read? No. I've completely blocked it out of my memory in so many ways. But yeah, yeah <laughs> bring it up. Go on. No, I don't want yeah, I don't want you to think about the book too much, but do you remember <laughs> um uh on the show I sent a message to yes. the friend of Oh yeah. Um yeah. So I so the author uh of that book was deceased, but I found um the person thanked in the it was like, they, without you, this never would have happened in the opening of the book. And I found yeah. that person. I tracked that guy down. Oh, yeah. And um, I had a nice long email chat with him. He was very kind. Uh, he, he, oh, really? What does he have to say about that book? He loves it. So he, uh, oh, no. so he's a writer of uh, also of like um, fantasy type novels. And he just got this manuscript like out of the blue. Um, he got this... Uh, um, it was originally called Enter Prefix, and then just like a, but it was this thing about elf sex, and he was like, it was just the, a note, can you tell me your opinion on it? And he read it over a weekend, loved it, just couldn't put it down, and so he called the guy and was like, I'm going to help you get this published. Oh, wow. Oh, that's adorable. He did bat a bad job. It was a yeah. bad thing for he him to do. It's such a yeah. weird book to put that into, but I like, it was such a lovely story. Um, and he was like, the, the author was originally like really embarrassed, uh, Seamus Cullen was originally embarrassed by all the sexual content, but he... Kirby, our friend, said, no, 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 this will work. And yeah. again, <laughs> I'm with Seamus' side. Kirby called him up. He was like, listen, I read your book after I, you know, got all those liquids back in my body because I really dried me out. Let me tell you, <laughs> I loved it. I was so excited. Yeah. He, and he eventually, it's like he sent it to four publishers, got a 12,000 pound advance from Penguin for it. So like, Jesus. Somebody there really liked it, and uh, and then apparently what happened was he wrote um, like a sequel, but the the one editor at Penguin who really liked it uh, had left, and so it it did not work out <laughs> after that. And uh, yeah, uh, he said he was very surprised when Penguin went for it because it was not their sort of book. But yeah, I, there were I a couple of fun editors who liked the jokes. I think that editor at Penguin was more escorted from the premises than left. <laughs> or he erotically asphyxiated himself in his office, and that was the end of that. I think my favorite thing uh, Herbie said was, he's like, I found the novel refreshing. I remember laughing out loud when he introduced the characters who traveled by bouncing on their corkscrew willies. So I mean, that was funny. What a fresh voice. Anyway, I, I never talked about that on the show again, so if you guys... Go back to episode whatever that was, uh, Astron Florndix. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Listen to us. Don't don't read it. Listen to us yell at Alex for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of vitriol well, in that one. Well, I bring you, I brought you guys back. This is episode number four hundred and thirty-eight. Hey, four twenty. <laughs> Man, good effort. Uh, you've now done as many episodes as the number of bitcoins stolen last week from CoinSecure, India's largest crypto exchange. Oh wow. And at current prices, that's worth $3.7 million. 
So, and at current prices, that is worth forty six dollars. And now at current prices, it's worth over fifteen billion dollars. Now it's nothing. I was really proud of that joke. I was really happy about it. Now I feel maybe like it wasn't a great idea, but at the time, I was really stoked. Uh, we got to have some jokes that the listener laughs to, that they feel like we're being mean to you by not laughing, and then they're on your side, and it, then they send you money. If I didn't assume that that was the whole listening audience of ev- and every joke, then I don't think I would still be doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. I prefer the more meta humor that all good Bitcoin jokes you have to go all in to the point of being wildly irresponsible with the premise. That's the <laughs> only way the to joke. make a joke about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, amusingly optimistic portrayals of technology, this week we're talking about Moonraker, the 1979 film starring Roger Moore as James Bond and Richard Keel as Jaws, as well as the moon as herself. Oh, wait, the moon played herself? Yeah, they, she did great. <laughs> oh my god! You think they went like went out and got a body double for the moon? Well, I don't know. She just aged so well; it's hard to believe it's the same moon. <laughs> I don't know she's she's got some pock marks and stuff, but generally they, she put, looks they good. put a lot of Vaseline on the lens when she's in. Right? Yeah, <laughs> real, real old Hollywood thing. So why it. are we watching Moonraker this week? Uh, it's not because we're rake themed. It's because this is the end of Space Roll, also known as hashtag hashtag Caprol Canaveral. Ah. Which is our launch space launch themed month. So we've been watching things uh, in uh, in celebration of my uh, trip to NASA a couple weeks ago to watch the the launch at Cape Canaveral. We were watching space themed movies, especially ones with launches in them. And boy, does this have some launches! They oh yeah, they send up like a reckless number of shuttles within an hour. Yeah, they do. It was take that, also, take that, was- Russia. <laughs> this was voted for by our meat buddies, so we we chose uh, the the theme for the month as launch month, and then um, our meat buddies voted on this one like overwhelmingly. And I was surprised because I had never thought of this movie before, and it like was a it was a strong first place. So if you want to vote and make us do something that I hadn't thought of that is going to be weird and possibly fun, become a meat buddy <laughs> by going to readdestrue slash meat buddies. Uh, so I'm going to uh, summarize this. I decided to try the summary of this movie a little differently because there's just so much stuff in a row uh, that I just wrote the stuff and I didn't write a lot of like flowery descriptions of stuff. So just jump in, make sure we fill out anything we need. Uh, but here are just the bare bones of what happens in Moonraker. Do you want to wrap it real quick? <laughs> I, I, I don't. Why would I want that? I don't know. I just sounds like fun. I'm just checking it. Do you want to... <laughs> You were just checking it before uh, it's I wrecked your, it. I, it's your show. I could. Well, can I go ahead. can I real quick say that since getting uh, the assignment to watch Moonraker, all I've been doing is trying to come up with different versions of Moon River, but using Moonraker as the word, <laughs> and it's the only song oh, yeah. in my head, and I'm like so <laughs> so entrenched Damn, in man. it. I, if you weren't so busy with your sandwich vision board and trying to talk to Angela about <laughs> podcasts, you really could have finished writing that whole parody by now. <laughs> it's, a, it's an entire Broadway show. <laughs> so here's what happened, you guys. So somebody steals a space shuttle. Yeah. Part one. Uh, then James Bond wrestles in the sky. Then James Bond goes to California where space shuttles are built. And a rich man explains that he uses stuff from all over the world, which will come in handy for beautiful all-over-the-world shots later. Then a weirdo shows up to kill James Bond, and Bond sleeps with a helicopter pilot, and she shows him secrets. 
But then the rich guy tries to kill James Bond again, this time while hunting. Then James Bond goes to Venice to watch glass blowing and hits on a scientist. And then a man in a modified coffin boat throws a knife at James Bond. And James Bond escapes through a Venetian boat chase scene. Just so you know, this seems like a lot. I have so many more of these. Like, this is the thing about this movie that's so overwhelming. Is it's just like, so much shit happens. Um, we're gonna have Pretty to- fun. It's kind of like... We're going to go everywhere and have weird fights, but they're not, they're like all different. It's kind of cool. I, like we, I was it's so like, far into the movie and they hadn't gotten into space yet. And I was like, are they going to go to space? And then I was like, <laughs> hold on a second. Let's re let's reestablish all the places they've been up till this point. Of course they're going to go into space. They're definitely going to go to space. It's almost surprising they didn't film in space because that seemed like what they were doing with this budget. They were just, yeah. let's just go, we want to spend a week in, in Brazil, so let's go to Brazil for a week. We want to, wouldn't it be nice to spend some time in Venice? Let's go to Venice for a week. Yeah, and it's such like a change of pace, because the James Bond movies usually have like two or three locations and a very low-budgeted, not fancy, <laughs> exotic okay, look, tour of movies with a bunch maybe of Maybe this is a weird pieces. time to talk about this, but I am not normally a huge fan of James Bond, and I loved this movie, so... Just to get my cards on the table. Man, you should wait, I, wait till you see some of the good James Bond movies. <laughs> <laughs> there's really a lot gonna, of James Bond. Really and I find a lot of it to be boring. Back. And this one, yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe just the overwhelming silliness of it. Yeah. This is sillier than the other Bonds. No, I mean, the, Roger yeah, Moore Roger Bond. Yeah, silly as hell. Yeah, seems like exactly the type of movies you would like then. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was yeah, he was the longest running Bond until, J, until Craig this year. So, I like... I'm into it. I don't know. I I've not seen a lot of the Roger. I think maybe like my first Roger Moore Bond. I just I watched a lot of the uh, uh, boring '90s Bonds, and this is just so much more fun. Uh, yeah, I like it because it's completely unrealistic that women would actually think he was sexy. That 51 year old leather faced man. Just <laughs> <laughs> so like he he does like random sexist stuff. Like literally, ha- gives he's getting a tour of a space facility from a. NASA scientist and explains to her yeah. her own job. Yep. But then he gets hurt. So like every time he's an asshole, he just get like we get a long scene of him just getting the shit beaten out of him. It's like I mean, great. This is exactly what I want out of him. I can see why people like him. I don't know. He's got like he's got a really great butt. Uh, it's on his chin, but it's still a really nice <laughs> nice looking butt. Some people are into that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's such a dick to everybody. And in fact, I this might be the this might also seem like it's true of other Bond movies, but I'm not really into the way he treats women. My favorite part Go of this on. one is uh, in the beginning when he meets the scientist who has been sent from NASA and yeah. uh, they go into, she's like giving him the lowdown on everything and she starts explaining to him what Moonraker is and then he interrupts her and starts moonsplaining Moonraker. Moonsplaining, <laughs> that's what happened. And uh, the look on her face as she is like pure disgust. And I'm impressed that he was able to reel that one back in. But that's just the Bond I mean, charm. Uh, he's, he, so and he, not only do they, like those two end up having sex in front of the queen. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's how good he is. Well, they've, they're, they like... They call it re-entry. So they've already fucked in front of the queen once. So they have sex one and a half times in front of the monarch of Britain. I mean, okay, so so there's this uh, Venetian boat chase scene, which, um, A+. plus. Maybe my favorite um, scene in any movie? Maybe? I watched what, it three times. Does that include, 
Does that include when the gondola goes on to land as a hovercraft, or is that just the boats? I only consider that chase when it goes on land. (laughs) I was watching this with my husband, who noted that they edited so a pigeon does a triple take at the gondola. I recorded that to make sure that I saw it right, and I watched it 150 times in a row. (laughs) It is my favorite. It's the only thing I have written down that I want to talk to you guys about. Apparently, you're like analyzing that shot like it's the Zabruda film. You're like, the the pigeon looks left and it looks right. This is where the splice is. I, you know what? It's so interesting. I didn't notice that when it happened, and, and one of our fans wrote in about it uh, for our lightning bonus round segment. So we're going to talk more about uh, pigeon double take gate in that segment. But I had never heard of it. Okay. So I did, I did a bunch of reading about this pigeon double take, and uh, holy crap! What an amazing thing! Like it's it's silly and fun, and what a great it's idea! It's so good. I, it's it's good editing. It's so good too because of like the comedic timing of the editing, the way it's like it's cutting to all these reaction shots, and right. it is like it's it's like a classically set up like joke of those. It's like one silly person, an even sillier looking person, and then and then a pigeon. pigeons. Like it's just such like a great escalation. I guess we'll just finish editing. talking about this now. So. uh he hover okay, so he's he's in a, a a gondola gondola boat chase, gets to the stairs and the the gondola raises itself up. It's a very cool gondola, even though the driver has already been murdered and James doesn't really care. But the gondola climbs the stairs and has just a hovering capability, is hovering around Venice, and that's when all these double takes occur. And our uh, uh, on Facebook, Turin wrote in to talk about the pigeon double take controversy, and um, I found a great article. So if you're not familiar with this. I was looking at the Pigeon Movie Database. Whoa. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, which I will put the link in the show notes. But it had a great... Uh, it had this this long piece about the Moonraker Pigeon double take. But also, as far as I can tell, every other instance of a pigeon in a film. This is a very thorough database. Is this, it's like... Yes. It's like wiki feet, but for pigeons. Wait, is it like pigeons who are actors or just any time a pigeon appears in a movie? Any time a pigeon appears in the movie. So like when he's describing or when they're describing the scene of James Bond coming up, uh, uh, there's a detail of pigeon. So uh, source Moonraker starting at a uh, moment at uh, 39 minutes, 44 seconds. Pigeon activity. There are pigeons that live in St. Mark's Square, Venice. They are suddenly scared by a guy driving a gondola on land. Symbolism. They are playing common pigeons. Oh. Relevance, none. James Bond doesn't need any help of a pigeon. <laughs> Training level, probably they are wild animals that live on in the set when they are filming. So this is just this a... This is the best website of My mouth time. is so... agape. I'm sitting here <laughs> uh, staring with my mouth open like a moron because... Alex, I need you to do me a favor. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say there's nothing I ever do will be as good as that. As someone. It is uh, an incredible piece of work. So pigeonmoviedb.blogspot.com is where you want to go. Anthony, you have a favor to ask? Oh, can you just do me a favor? And speaking of Home Alone 2. Can we find out what they have to say about all the pigeons at the end of Home Alone 2? Oh, I, I would I mean, because those must actually be trained pigeons, right? So I was trying to think of, like, where was, like, a trained pigeon in a movie? I could On the waterfront? And that... I mean, uh, in, in, in that, that Donald Trump vehicle, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Oh, of course. America's uh, favorite movie. 
training level medium, technically the scene consists of dumping lots of pigeons on both <laughs> Yeah, the sequence is as follows. A massive flock of pigeons gathers in Central Park waiting to receive food and care from a homeless lady. She is obviously very fond of these creatures and loves to be surrounded by them. Meanwhile, the pro- protagonist is being chased by the two bad guys of the film. During his escape, he meets the lady in her feathered gang. Fortunately, she's on the side of the protagonist, and she helps him uh, throwing a, by throwing a sticky mixture of pigeon food on the bad guys. Soon, both of them are surrounded by hordes of hungry pigeons that literally cover them in an orgy of seeds, pigeon poo, and scared oh humans. Uh, so details of pigeons. Uh, source, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, start, starting at moment 1 hour 39 minutes. Um, pigeon activity. They create a feathered wall that blocks the bad guys to chase Kevin. <laughs> Symbolism. None. Pigeons are mere hungry animals that inhabit Central Park. Relevance. High. Thanks to the pigeons, Kevin could successfully escape from the attackers. Training level, as noted previously, medium. Technically, the scene consists of dumping lots of pigeons on both men. So, uh, there you go, Anthony. That's your Pigeon Movie DB fact of the day. Oh, my God. Thank you. I imagine that whoever started uh, the Pigeon Database, like, got... I don't know, a couple different PhDs in literature and film criticism and then went insane, <laughs> like was walking down the street and like, I don't know, maybe he got bird flu or something like a superhero and then now just lives in a Home Depot shed in his mom's yard and just writes. <laughs> he sees, he's seen every movie. There's so many pigeons in so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, think about, like, this is a great example of, like, why the internet has made me despise the phrase, am I the only one? Because, (laughs) like, someone was out there obsessed with pigeons in movies, and was like, I'm gonna open a wiki, and no one's gonna add to it, and then other people did. And he was like, other people also care about pigeons. Uh, It's kind (laughs) of beautiful, you know? So, here's here's the explanation. Once upon a time, I didn't care about pigeons. But everything changed when I moved to a new apartment where my desk faced a window overlooking a roof densely populated by these feathered creatures. During the breaks, I would look at them. It was like rear window, but with pigeons instead of Grace Kelly. (laughs) I saw a pigeon murder his wife. I know the bastard did it. (laughs) Well, and then there is indeed, uh, this includes a great gif of a rear window combined with a pigeon spied through a long camera lens. So, Holy shit. Wait, uh, does he also have a database where it's movies where the actors are pigeons instead of people? <laughs> I think that might be a more successful... Uh, that'd be a good tumbler. I think that would totally work. Um, anyway, the author continues, I developed a skill. I just notice pigeons everywhere. It's not a particularly useful skill, but at this point... Uh, after developing this ability, I began to notice a huge amount of pigeons appearing in film. Anyway, so the blog has two aims. The first to provide a summary about pigeons' appearances in movies and series and an analysis of why they are used. The second aim is to claim the inclusion of pigeons in movie credits. Wow. Someday, we'll get credited pigeons. Wow. Wow. Um, Anyway, so... Yeah, I I have nothing left to say... It's so that's so I mean if good. I did I wish I'd done my homework and I wish we had Pigeon D movie DV person on the show to talk about this film. That would have been great. Um, Next time. In the meantime, we're only 30 minutes into this film. So now James Bond sneaks into a lab where scientists drop a beaker and die painfully, so he leaves. Then a samurai attacks James Bond and they break a real remarkable amount of glass and then fall out of a giant clock into a piano. Then he meets up with the scientist. 
uh, who he previously hey, moonsplained hey, hey, to. Hey, she has a name. It's Dr. Goodhead, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. So it turns out Dr. Goodhead, um, when he breaks into her hotel room, he notices that she has a n- murder pen and a diary missile and a perfume flamethrower. So clearly she is CIA, and so they have intercourse. Then- it's so good. I love it when a man comes into my apartment and gets rid of all of my defensive <laughs> weapons. And I'm like, oh, let's have sex now. It's like my favorite thing. There's no more flamethrowers between us, so we should have intercourse now. Do you guys think that her name is but Dr. Go- Goodhead because she's real smart and has a good head on her shoulders yes. for science? Well, well is it, I do wonder. Is, do, do CIA agents uh, use their real names? That's my question. Because the right. British, the, like MI6 agents, they just use their real names, apparently, yeah. right? James Bond's just walking around like, hi, my name's James. So it's not. Wait, 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 wait. I thought James Bond was a title, and that's why he looked different in all the movies. I thought no, it was like Q. It was like when one dies, they just give a new oh, James Bond. Oh, I like that. No, that's like a. Yeah, that's like 007 a, is his title. Yeah, 007 is the title. James Bond's the man with like a backstory and a history. They just recast him. Don't know. Wait a minute. Oh, I think it's more fun yeah. the other way. This yeah, is yeah, a yeah. sad like, version of this. It's like Anthony. dead hamsters in a classroom the other way. I like that one more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. This is exactly like that. It's like, oh no, Stinky is the same Stinky as yesterday, just yeah. a different color. So but, I assumed that was what it was with Goodhead. I thought that was like an official CIA title, which was like, you're the one who's going to go pretend to be a scientist. That's fucking worse, so though, if a bunch of Dr. dudes Goodhead. were like, hey, <laughs> your name's Goodhead. And she's like, really, guys? <laughs> I was... And they're like, no, no, Goodhead on your shoulders. And then she was like, all right. It's better than... But I'm going to sleep with James than, Bond. Uh, I don't know if this is better or worse. I just, that's how I pictured it, because I didn't like the idea that her... She she came from a long line of good heads. I thought that was somehow worse, but you're right. This is worse. Well, so I then mean, James, it's, it's it's one of those things. Like I I I've seen most of the James Bond movies, and uh, it's one of the you forget like especially watching this era of it how many things in Austin Powers weren't like jokes as much as just straight up yeah. things like <laughs> like they the the Doctor Goodheads the pussy galores the uh, uh, right I'm trying to think like uh, that uh, like, they actually. Vagina? They, they used to actually do that in every one yeah. of the movies. Like, yeah, that it's wasn't weird. an it, Austin Powers That's such trope. a good like, point. It's like the Austin like, Powers aren't as big of an exaggeration as I thought. They're more yeah. like a lateral move. Yeah, especially after seeing Moonraker. Yeah. It's like Portlandia. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's I mean, so this is funnier though. than yeah, I love it. most of the Austin Powers yeah. movies. So James Bond goes to Rio during uh, uh, Carnival. Um his new girl, he has a new girlfriend in Rio. Well, she's like a um, and then she meets a giant a hotel, right? Yeah, he's like another spy, like a Brazilian spy. She's right? a Brazilian spy who also sleeps with him, which is like I don't know. At this point, I just feel like the entire spy community all has the same. Oh, STD. totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Q is working on something for gonorrhea, but they are passing it around. <laughs> um. So, new girlfriend meets a giant clown in an alley who also is, guess what? Yay! It's Jaws again, who we briefly met on an airplane a while ago, who, if you were having trouble picturing uh, Jaws, just imagine giant Michael Shannon. Yeah, That's what he looks like. like. He looks like a yep. very large. And Michael Shannon is already big, but imagine bigger Lumpier, Michael Shannon. I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's like if Michael Shannon was uh, made out teeth. of a bunch of piles of dirty laundry. And then it was like <laughs> that a witch put a spell on it and it became animate. 
That or, is their. That is Jaws. This is and this is I, not Jaws. Also, this is a second movie ma- with Jaws in it. Yeah, imagine a Michael Shannon with no matter how many times he was filmed in different movies and different roles, never got comfortable on camera. <laughs> imagine that Michael Shannon. That's really the the vibe that uh, Richard Klein, uh, who yeah. played Jaws, brought to the role. I thought. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, yeah, it's a very uncomfortable looking vibe, but also like, what a great bad guy. So then James has to fight, uh, Jaws on the other kind of gondola. So we did, we did, uh, gondola on the water. Now we're in the mountain gondola of Brazil and they have a fight and, uh, uh, Jaws bites the, uh, cable, the six inch cable in half, uh, with his mouth. And then uh, they fight in the gondola, and then James Bond wins, and then Jaws meets a girl, and they she's hit like it off. a like a mute, bespeckled Swiss girl. She seems like she's some kind yep. of like like she'd be on a packet of hot chocolate powder. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and she's she's amusingly small. Uh, fun fact from the Wikipedia, which by the way, this the Wikipedia of this movie is one of the the best reads that I've found about a movie. Um, Originally, the uh, director of the movie did not, or the producer of the movie did not think that the audience would buy a relationship between Jaws and this woman because the height difference was too extreme. And then uh, uh, Keel pointed out that his that she was the same height as his actual wife. Oh, so that's, that's, cool. that's what they. That's the thing they were like. She's great. All right, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> it wasn't when he used his mouth to bite in half a, a steel cable. Oh, fun fact about the steel cable. I forget it. Yeah, keep going. You're right. You're right. The the romance is improbable. Fun fact about the uh, the the large cable that holds up the gondola he bites through. It was made Yay! of liquor. Oh, oh, nice. In the real gondola. No, uh, in the movie. It's made of licorice. Um, so, uh, uh, Jaws makes a, makes a girlfriend. Okay, so James Bond and, um, and uh, Goodhead get kidnapped by an... Oh, no, this is... This isn't Goodhead. This is a different lady. Anyway, they get kidnapped by an ambulance. No, that is Goodhead. Yeah, it is. This is Goodhead? Okay, cool. They get yeah, kidnapped good by head. an ambulance, and then um, James Bond dresses like a cowboy. He dresses and like... Then, which I'm not good, sure why bad, that happened. Clint Eastwood, not just a cowboy. Like, spig- yeah, like yeah. hardcore spaghetti western. Yeah. Uh, they skipped and John's I have, for Maybe a I passed out. I do not remember why that happened. I just... This? I looked... I had a stroke. Well, I woke up. That's what he was wearing. Well, this movie has a lot of weird references in it, right? So there's, like, the good and the bad and the ugly reference out of nowhere. There's the uh, close encounters of the third kind. Right, yeah. they use the same music. Uh, yeah, so they have to use the musical cues. Uh, this is really the Ready Player One of the uh, James yeah. Bond series. Uh, one of my favorite stories about this movie is uh, when uh, Albert Broccoli called Steven Spielberg to uh, use that music. Steven Spielberg was like, yeah, of course, I love James Bond. I always wanted to do something with you guys. And then a few years later, he called him to use the James Bond music in Goonies, and Albert Broccoli said, absolutely Whoa. not. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, six Spielberg burn. Yeah. Spielberg. Uh, but I love I love that he's like, yeah, of course, I'll take stuff from Spielberg, but you are not using <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, uh, there's so many good things. Man, I want to talk about all the stories. I want to talk about all the parts of this. I want to break down all these scenes. But just to get through the list of scenes, um, he uh, James Bond takes a boat into the jungle. We're still not into space. He takes a boat into the jungle. There's another boat fight against a bunch of people who are dressed like Curious George's The friend. man with the big yellow hat? Um, plus The Jaws. man with the yellow hat? 
Yeah, there's just a bunch of men with big yellow hats chasing them through the jungle, plus Jaws. It's called um, henchmen outfits, Alex. Yes, they're in, right. they're in standard henchman apparel. He paraglides off a waterfall. Then he walks into a Mayan temple where there are more attractive people in pairs. He fights a giant snake, and uh, he kills the giant snake. And I feel real bad because the giant snake doesn't know what part of the war he's involved in. He doesn't know what side he's on. He's just a giant snake who was like, oh, food fell in my yeah. bowl. Then he gets, then he gets stabbed like in the neck. Got... Yeah, real yeah, shit that's into the probably stick for the that most problematic snake. part of the movie. <laughs> and then the pigeon shows up again. I am not naming the most. I'm not doing these in order, Angela. This is just a thing that is problematic. <laughs> I mean, how did that set? Like, so there's like a bridge over it, which would be perfect to like have that drop into the water. But it's not. It's this one random rock to right. the side that yeah. drops you into the water. Just really weird design on that death trap, I thought. Yeah, you know, I mean, this... but also clever because yeah. you wouldn't have stepped on the bridge. So you had That's to true. You'd outthink him. That's true. The, 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 Drax always zigs when he expects him to zag. <laughs> you know? Speaking of which, it turns out Drax has been building a collection of space shuttles in the in this uh, Mayan temple. Um and he is getting ready to launch them, so he throws James Bond and uh, Goodhead into the flame trench right below where the launch is about well, to happen. You you forget right before he explains uh, the in, the reason behind the inciting incident of this movie, right. which is Moonraker got stolen, right? And yeah. that's what causes all of this and ultimately leads to his plan falling apart. But he just, he broke another one. And he, so he went and stole this one, but he has like six other working ones. Like, just yeah. don't steal that other one, and you totally would have gotten away with all of this. They would <laughs> not would have, have killed been looking all of humanity if you just hadn't taken your own product back. Or instead of stealing it in flight, just be like, hey, there's been a delay. We can't ship it to you yet. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's just. What? Like, <laughs> it's a random, weird act of carelessness, a, a random overthought uh, for Drax, who's usually so thorough on his plans to he kill humanity. He did so many I things think, right. He I did know. a lot of really impressive stuff. It's, it's, Angela, it sounds like you're telling him he should feel proud of himself, even though this well, didn't end up working out. You're like, look, man, I mean, he did, you, you did I just, good. You just got to constantly be up. You know, he needs like a like good staff that can tell him when he has I think it's a cry for help. Right. I think yeah. that he knew... Oh, yeah, I think he, he knew what it, he was doing was wrong, but he was in too deep. Yeah, Killing so he just like, left a oh, thing, yeah. a stone yeah. unturned. Or, and it was like, yeah. surely James Bond will get me. He is a sporting type. He does like to have a, a James True. Bond have a fair chance, too. Um. So, oh, also, there's, man, there's just too many things that are fun to talk about, but uh, the, the Flame Trench is also a conference room, but with, like, retractable... Ben Carson-esque <laughs> conference tables that go. That yeah. model was amazing. It was amazing, like that, and to do that under where so you launch a rocket for a scene that did not matter at all couldn't have mattered less. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. But they so uh, Bond and Goodhead uh, disguise themselves. They sneak out of the flame trench, um, <laughs> wear pilot outfits, walk into a shuttle, and other like those pilot outfits kind of here. also double as like in- Armenian tire guys who hang out at tire store suits. They're the same outfits. <laughs> wow. The whole jumpsuit, huh. right? Huh. Yeah. Bright yellow? I've seen those everywhere I, in my neighborhood. I, yeah, this is such an L.A. reference. I don't know. There's not a large Armenian tire population in the rest of true? the country, but I, I believe you. I guess you have all of them. <laughs> well, just believe me, listeners. I mean, they're... 
Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> L.A. does have the second largest population of Armenians. Uh, I think we the have first more. Being in Armenia. Uh, I think we do. Yeah. Do you? Because hmm. they they fled and came well, here because some is, really horrible stuff happened. So I think we have yeah. more Armenians. Right. Right, and they they all they moved to L.A. so that outfits. L.A. comics could make racist <laughs> jokes about them. Hold on, I got my uh, I got my history textbook, my uh, Turkey edition. I'm looking through it. What yeah, happened? I don't see it. anything that happened <laughs> <laughs> to the Iranians. I just I'm going through my Turkish history Man, book. Man, that just is says a lighthearted way to make that dark joke. It just says everything was kosher. <laughs> Twenty years. <laughs> Oh man. Uh anyway, so uh James Bond goes to space. He goes space to space. Cult. Space cult. He goes into space, you guys. He launches on a rocket on a shuttle. It's pretty chill. And they yeah, it turns out the shuttle's all rand- rendezvous at a space cult. Um and it's all done in zero G where stuff doesn't float, you just walk slowly. Um and then, uh, yeah, so that's what Drax talks you about. You actually walk at regular speed, and then they're going to slow yeah, it down. Yeah, just slow down the film so you look like you're... It was kind of weak. Uh, although, well, I like, guess pe- it's hard. pencils float, right? There's, like, random stuff floating in front of Yeah, exactly. Of them, just one thing at a time. their mass is too much, you know? I mean, apparently, the fun fact, this is the largest fake zero-G scene ever shot. Uh, this is, like, the most wire work CG that was ever done on film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so many fun facts. Uh, so they. Uh, oh, so it's a space cult. That's the whole thing. Drax is going to make a super race of people. He got a bunch of hot blonde people, uh, space Nazis, and then he's going to kill the Earth and then go back. And I'm honestly amazed profit. that like and I love it. didn't just kill Drax and stay in the swingers community in space. And his phone back and be like, "Look, guys, there's no way for me to get back home." He like. Like dismembers all the ways that anyone can get out, and they just stay up in the heavens and fuck for the rest of their days. The end. Yeah. Oh man, like a yeah, a James and then that form. movie closes with the pigeon I mean, double think- taking, and everyone goes home happy. <laughs> <laughs> just the perfect pigeon is also in space, having sex with other perfect pigeons. Like. This, this like, uh, destroy all of humanity except for, like, the master race of perfect people plan yeah. that happens in movies. Like, think about the cleanup when you get back to Earth. Imagine, oh, like, yeah. 8 billion people dead and, like, 200 people who have to clean that up. How does that <laughs> even work? Like, that would be... I don't know, you get a lot of, like, mongoose and stuff. Yeah, uh, right? Isn't that how people usually <laughs> yeah. clean up natural messes? Mongoose? Is monkeys? Wally. Yeah. yeah, Wally and monkeys. It does seem like Anthony, you got, you have found um, the second thing that Drax overlooked. It was the space shuttle thief, and then this. Those are the two things he met. Everything else was great. Yeah, like there's probably a music festival happening somewhere in the oh world. Just think about the mess that's gonna make. You know, <laughs> all those people dying simultaneously. All the lights, all the lights. Who left has on. the time? Just be such you a know? mess. Right. All those EM. EDM DJs who are no longer yeah. working. You got to go learn how to make your own EDM music. Mm, music that's in there. Um, I got to say, in terms of space cults, though, this one's really yeah. good. Like, he had a lot of space shuttles and stuff. He yeah. has so it's many ha- space shuttles. A lot of follow through. That's a good point. This idea. And, yeah, and like a, a great <laughs> Again, This is your, like, pep talk to Drax. Like, no, buddy. <laughs> he did he's good. doing he the best he can through. with what he has. Yeah. <laughs> This it is a good is. effort for space Nazis. I mean, I mean gold, he got straight 
Goldfinger straight, was straight just murder. gonna irradiate a bunch of gold. What's yeah. that gonna do for anybody? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, clear pl- seen... path to profitability. Yeah. Depopulating the earth would actually make you uh, your your money worthless in a lot of ways. So, but anyway, James Bond uh, escapes by convincing Jaws to turn. Well, good. his wife essentially quietly yep. nags him into doing it. Well, no, so James Bond tricks him. He's like, or doesn't trick him. He's like, hey, so, um, Jaws, uh, you you notice how you are a lumpy pile of laundry who looks uncomfortable on camera. Do you really think this hot Nazi cult is going to need you around? You're not hot enough to be here. And then so Jaws Yeah, but he checks in with his wife, and she's like, Um, Plus, I've got this girlfriend now. I assume they got married. We still haven't spoken, but we're common law married at this point. Uh, I bet they would have kept him around, um, though. So honestly, the Earthlings—they would have need muscle. So uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a very basic. It turns out it's yeah, easy to persuade Jaws to turn to your side. Half of your face is like metal brace, and uh, you've just got straight bone for head. It's pretty easy to sway you into doing stuff that yeah. uh, other people want you to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta use him to clean up the earth. He just eats everybody. He's <laughs> just jaws by himself with a large body broom, just sweeping everybody out of the way. <laughs> His girlfriend looking on sadly. They still never spoken. Um. So uh, Jaws helps him. They pull the emergency brake, stop the space station. <laughs> then the Earthlings have a laser battle with the space Nazis. And then the good guys win, and the space station explodes, and Jaws and his girlfriend go down with the ship. I think. Yeah, they kill Drax. They space Drax. They do. Like, they, yeah, they do. S- straight murder, straight uh, up. Which is bye fair bye. at that point. I don't know. Yeah. I don't he feel like an Earth court is going to do a good job of pr- prosecuting oh, Drax. Know. Well, also he's like, a large government contractor. He's got friends. You got to space him. You got to space him. And he's also, you know, like he's French, so it's pretty easy to, you know, yeah, not feel bad about it. <laughs> So they, anyway, they, the the good guys win, and any uh, uh, remaining sh- shreds of believability uh, burn up in the atmosphere as the U.S. government and the Queen all watch James Bond shag Doctor. That's Dr. everybody's prize for a TV. job well done every um, time. Though this is just the only time we see it. <laughs> I do like that they were having sex in zero gravity, but they still had a sheet over them. Well, there's like they, a yeah, reason why staying. it stayed on. It was them. staying on them and dangling. It was. Stuck. It was stuck. It was stuck to them. Yeah. With- go, go. Oh. Oh yeah. But it didn't wrap around. It like dangled. Anyway, the point is they have sex on TV. It's weird. It's very weird. Um, hey, they have sex for science. All right. We don't know if it's possible to have sex in space yet. Like James I mean, Bond found that out for us. I mean, first of all, the Russians probably have done it. But second of all, like, yeah, we can do it. We just shouldn't. Like no like one Jurassic is like, worried that we we can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is just a bad... It's just going to be... You don't want to do stuff that's gross in space if you can avoid it, because it's... You You live in a Volkswagen. Like, you You don't... It's Alex, not a good idea. Are you a virgin? I All right, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the <laughs> I'm a space virgin. That you have against space fucking. No, I... There's, you don't want to... <laughs> It's sometimes it's fun. You don't know. Yeah. Do you want to have, have you tried it? Because it rocks. Clean up's easy. 
You guys are all yeah, so SpaceX positive. You also can't I mean, I get yeah, you a lot of Zoe's. Velcro. Your eggs are Alex, all look. busy scrambling everywhere. <laughs> Wait, you know what? This seems like an astronaut yeah. lied to you at some point. Buzz like Aldrin, baby, 1998. Look, Alex, call your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby. Yeah, you can Buzz get Aldrin. Pregnant in space. Whatever you say. Good call. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Call the wife. We'll vent the vomit comment for a few hours. We'll fucking two minute increments at a time as the plane drops. Wait, it'll be fun. Wait, it's it's two minutes. What are we gonna do for the other forty seconds? Cuddle. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm into it. Uh, I'm into it. Uh. Okay. So here's what we gotta do now. Uh. That's the film. That's the movie. Um, there's so much still to discuss, but we are we need to keep moving. Um, we have to do a compliment. It's our major compliment time. We like to middle and towards the compliment. So, Angela, I'm gonna have you go first. I think so. <laughs> there's so many good things. I know what I'm gonna talk about, but Angela, what do you? What's your major compliment? Your big compliment um, for this movie? I was when James Bond falls into the lake and is attacked by a sea snake, yes. and a bunch of women in comfortable, loose fitting clothing just kind of watch him. Yeah, so chill. <laughs> get get very into yeah. like. Wait, you're a bad guy. We're all just watching you like struggle to your death, you mansplaining asshole. And we're just silently watching, and we're fine. This is what you want. This is your world. This is what this is the world feminists want: is loose fitting clothing and just watching a man murdered by a snake. Yeah, I got some. I got some websites I can send you to. I got, I got no matter a, I got what few, you say, by the way, on this show, including ones got about pigeons on send you screen. Yeah. Hey, Angela, you got a yeah, yeah, great. you got a tour network. Look, I will figure it out <laughs> offline. I'll I'll send you some links. Thank you. There's so many, and I hate Maybe to be redundant, but I was planning on talking about the pigeon double take. And here's let me let me bring this angle to you it. Were. I also love that it's placed in such a way that it leads to being disappointed in other moments of the movie. Like a a dog is then shown afterwards and you're like, <laughs> that pigeon did a double take. What the fuck is this dog going to do? And he just sits there like a moron and watches. <laughs> and you're like... You expect the dog to do like a Warner Brothers cartoon thing I mean, where his honestly, tongue rolls out on the ground and his eyes bug out? That. Yeah, a dude... A dude looks at a bottle of whiskey <laughs> and he's like, oh boy, I've been hitting the sauce too hard. See, you know, now I've seen everything. Gondola is running through the town on wheels. What? Yeah. And then, you know, the pigeon, unlike his friends, stops and takes heed of the event. Well, what? You know? That's the one pigeon that's really like paying attention the other yeah, they're are like, so focused on their food those idiots are like man we're getting Can't on the database the regardless we have no consequence or relevance <laughs> to the movie uh whatever terry you stay over there and watch if you have to and he does and he steals he steals the movie it's this is a great sequence uh my major compliment is for the opening stunt which is the uh parachuting fight which oh, yeah. is like legitimately incredible for a stunt, um, and is is like especially in a way that when you're used to CG movies now, when you see something that's just instantly yeah. recognizable as having been done for real, yeah, yeah. and that's how that, that, that so James Bond is in a plane, the the pilot turns out to be he's like making out, but then the lady he's making out with is like, oh hey, weird time to tell you this, but I'm a bad guy, and then like. 
everyone jumps out of the plane and James Bond's gonna die. And so he has and to wrestle. And Jaws is there in this and, small dual-engine prop plane. That yeah, there's a seven-foot-tall guy who hasn't, you hadn't noticed for the last two hours of this flight. He isn't also, he isn't part of this, this plot yet, right? Like, he comes in after the yep. other guy dies? Yeah, he's, yep. finishing, he's exploring, finishing another case. Classic James oh, Bond okay. opening. This is another case he was on. But and so Jaws just works for everybody bad? Well, that's why Jaws is looking for employment, because Bond oh. killed his boss at the beginning of this movie. So when the guy's like, I need there, a new dude. Is there a henchman Jaws unemployment office? Jaws like a, play, like a temp placement? That's probably why I didn't stick around. He's just a temp. I'm... Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so easy to turn yeah, him. Dude, he got good. another so, job lined up package, so like quickly after the other guy died. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's very good at his job. I'm not surprised. But so they, anyway, he, there's, there's this fight in zero gravity, or in, in full gravity, I guess, but falling. They're, they have this falling fight, and it's so incredibly choreographed, and apparently they had they invented a new kind of parachute for the stunt people that is very, very thin against the back of your, of your body, so you can wear it Jesus under a suit jacket Christ. and look like you don't have a parachute. And then their yeah. suit jackets had all these had all this Velcro tearaway, like they were doing like uh, that Australian male sex show, but like uh, for just your back, so that at any point you could pull the thing and your, which we don't get to see, sadly, but the stuntman gets to pull the thing and then the back of your suit explodes into a parachute, which sounds awesome. Well, and, and I do believe it was only the person uh, who had the parachute taken off, the person who jumped out of the plane without a parachute actually jumped out of a plane without a parachute if i understand the way the logistics of that stunt work it was always he was going to get the real one and the other guy had the backup one but i uh, mean i'm assuming both of them had backup suits shoots in their no, suits i i believe uh, from if i remember from the documentary uh i i saw on it once that there was that guy jumped out without a real parachute are you serious that's was, insane yeah, the, plan, the plan was always i mean it's a choreographed stunt he's going to get the other one but yeah, yeah, but what if like you just real... don't grab it fast? And, like, what if it slips? Yeah, it's uh, professionals, man. Fucking man. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, this was also, it was like 38 jumps to film this scene. Uh, wow. Man, it's so incredible. I mean, it's really, really impressive. And I, so I, I walked into this, and I've never seen it. I've never seen a, a, a Roger Moore Bond. I was, I don't really like James Bond. I was not, I was led to believe this movie was going to be terrible. And I saw that stunt, because it's in the first five minutes. It's like, wait, what it? Like skirt, what are we watching? It was just like a very surprising moment for me, and I really enjoyed loved it. it. That was a great shoot. Yeah, I, I think I, really I did too. I really want to show you They're some great. of the better Bond movie, because like, like that is well, what James Bond movies are like. There's like there's twenty five of them. There's like five legitimately very good movies, and then they ra- run the gambit pretty wildly. So, but like. Classic real stunts, like some of the like, uh, there's uh, God, like, yeah, some of these movies opens with so so many incredible stunts that you don't get. Like even the modern James Bond movies don't really do that. It's like the Mission Impossible movies. I was going to say now, like, earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really, the only way um, that you can see stunts like that yeah. anymore is from Tom Cruise. That guy yeah, is full yeah. of a- yeah. he Did is you, full of aliens and ready to go. Before you go okay. on that tangent, Anthony. 
he has a, he has a death wish at this point. If we so, can, before, uh, before you go off on that other line, though, I want to just wrap this up on the other bonds, Anthony. Is um, so Turin, who mentioned the pigeon double take to us on Facebook, also said uh, that they would love a James Bond retrospective on our show because there's so I much more be... crazy stuff to unpack. Especially, uh, they would like to see us do a View to Kill at least. Okay, uh, so, yeah. what else is on your list that you would make us watch as a James Bond retrospective? Uh, I mean, so if we wanted to do really bad, or well, I would want to show you some really good ones. So yeah. I would, I would like to do uh, from Russia with Love. Um, uh, what's another like Goldfinger's obviously a very yeah, popular really one, really yeah. iconic one. Um, Who was the? Yeah, uh, what's I, the one I, day only Bond? What was the one Bond guy? Uh, that was uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is also a very good Bond movie. I'd like to really see that film. one. I yeah. like the idea of the one Bond. Yeah, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, GoldenEye is very good. Um, any of the Can we Timothy just play Dalton GoldenEye movies? all day? Yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> uh, the, the Timothy Dalton movies have some incredible open... There's one of the uh, Timothy Dalton movies that is... Uh, you know in The Dark yeah. Knight Rises when they hang a plane from another plane? Yeah. So they did that in, uh, I think, Living Daylights opens with that exact same stunt. Um, And they do it for real. Like James Bond climbs down a cable into another plane that's hanging from another one. It's just great stunt work. Um, All right. Well, if you guys, if the listeners at home would like to see this, uh, first of all, you have to come up with a portmanteau of James Bond and a month. And then if you can do that and we can fit in the schedule, we'll watch, we'll do a month of James Bond films. I, I like this idea. Um, but, Anthony, uh, I just, yeah, what were you saying? Real fast, just say this. I just read this. Okay, the new Mission Impossible movie is coming out, uh, and there's a shot when in the helicopter in a, in a helicopter when Tom Cruise is piloting a helicopter through these valleys and in, in this tr- like around tree level, and he almost hits a semi truck, but then gets away. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, yeah. was the only person in that helicopter, and it's all real. He piloted Whoa. that stunt. He does uh, everything And I just learned himself. that, and he's, it's the craziest thing I think he's thing the ever. most pretty, incredible actor yeah. in terms of, like, old Hollywood sort of performance yeah. commitment Performing. that we have right now. I yeah. love him. And do you know he's never been, no movie he's ever been in yeah. has bombed. Whether or not they're good, they've all been blockbuster hits. Yeah. I, and did you also know that he's never been in love? I love that. I just, I love him. So, other fun fact about him. <laughs> he does all his own stunts unless there's a kissing thing and then he has someone else do it for him. Uh, but for my compliment, I was yes, going to compliment the stunt. That was my, my opening stunt as well. That was my, mm-hmm. um, my go-to. But since you took that, mm-hmm. trying to think of my other backup, I really liked... The uh, centrifuge, like the spinning scene, <laughs> because okay. it never, no one addresses, that guy just tried to kill me, right? Like, it's just like this weird thing that happens, because they yeah. were like, oh, NASA, astronauts have these, I want you to write a scene when James Bond gets pit in one of those. But they had no idea how to get out of it, so it just kind of cuts away. Yeah, they never uh, talk about but, it, he's never like, hey, by the way... You took me on a tour, and you the tour was two stops. You showed me the vehicle assembly room, and then put me on a machine that tried to kill me. What's the, and then they just go to the third stop. It's just real chill. <laughs> uh, that's what James Bond is like. He's so used to people trying to murder him that he doesn't even register as a thing that happened that day. He's yeah. just British. He's just very so polite. British. <laughs> He's so- and, 
Oh, or another, this is going to be a weird compliment. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so one of my least favorite things in James Bond, this is a lot of weird James Bond tropes, but one of them is the first woman he sleeps with always gets murdered. Yeah. Uh, it just happens in almost all the James Bond movies. And it's usually like they just fridge a, a female character to show that the bad guys are terrible. And it's usually done in a bad way. But there's something about the way this one was shot in the words from like the low angles with the music and the dogs that I was actually like, this is a horrible scene, but very cinematic. <laughs> usually, usually they just, James Bond just walks into a room and finds a woman painted gold or whatever, right? right. It's, it's just like she's fridged for him to react. This one, James Bond doesn't even find out about it, which is kind of weird, but it's like, it's. It was just like at least she got like a real sequence to it. I, I, if that makes sense. I mean, you preface this oh. with a weird compliment, and your compliment yeah. is you like the way she was murdered. And um, I, I like you're it. Right. I just think it I stand sound weird. by it as That's someone who didn't again. even say it. <laughs> but it takes. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think Anthony. You this, see, this movie. This movie certainly didn't. That's cut a out very, very good point. I love that point, and I think that I'm changing <laughs> my compliment to that. Yeah. Because it, it makes it so much fun. It makes it so much more fun than any other action movie made these days. Is you have all these like so goofy. completely out of bounds yeah. realities that you bounce between, and it keeps you so engaged because you're like, "The fuck is happening now? And what is going to happen next?" <laughs> well, and there's like this 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 like everything is taken to so like when the gondola the first got the river gondola chase ends mm -hmm. and the 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 two gunmen who are chasing them are like damn it well he's on land now nothing we can do <laughs> he like flips a yui and one of the guys comically pratt falls out yeah. Yes, and for the no other reason. guy just keeps going, and he's like, ah, it's like screaming at him, and it's like, this is a Warner Brothers cartoon. This it is. is like it's like the cartoon. most cartoonish thing I've like, and like everything is taken to that extreme. Like I thought it was so weird that they actually put that in, like the henchmen just having a gag for no reason. Yeah, you know, I one of the uh, thing that I think is interesting about this is the cartooniness of the space stuff, which is what we talk about a lot, is the space shuttles and the space station and all that. But this movie came out before the space shuttle launched. Like we didn't even, they didn't even actually have a finished U.S. space shuttle. They had to look at models to build their wow. fake space shuttles, and this was before the International Space Station. So there was, and but there was this general optimism about the space shuttle program at the time that was like, we're gonna launch reusable vehicles we'll have we'll have this vehicle that can fly into space so reliably and safely that it'll be like an airplane schedule there'll be a launch like at two and at three thirty and like four five fifteen and hopefully it's not late today and we're just gonna have this kind of ability to send people to space like it seems silly now because we didn't do that but at the time it seemed like this is like a plausible 10 years from now story <laughs> We can fill a shuttle with mating pairs of beautiful people. <laughs> exactly. Send it to the station. So reasonable well, at the time. Well, that's one of my favorite things about like the researching this movie, or like especially just at the Wikipedia page. How often the sentence to cash in on the Star Wars space right. mania right. happened? Like came up like. The way this movie is also a, such a clear reaction to like Star Wars made how much money? We need that Star Wars and everything. Space. Yeah. Get James Bond in space. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, man. All right. We're, we're uh, running way long. So we're going to take a brief ad break, and we're going to come back for a quick lightning bonus round and then wrap. Uh, so stick around for that. Today's episode is brought to you by our fabulous Meat Buddies. We have a new Meat Buddy to thank. Specifically, we want to thank Teresa from Dubuque, uh, who gave me a very long uh, pronunciation guide, which like is making me even more self-conscious about it. Um, I thought I knew how to say Dubuque, but it's dub like dubstep, uke like youth with a K. Anyway, Dubuque. So anyway, thanks, Teresa, for uh, for the guide. I do appreciate pronunciation guides. Otherwise, I will say it wrong. And uh, thanks for coming a Meat Buddy. So here's what Teresa says. She says, I just watched uh, a very British show on Netflix about gardening and have decided to turn this weird hilly patch in my front yard into a rock garden with succulents and herbs. I have no idea what I'm doing, so I would appreciate any advice from you about gardening of succulents or rocks. Oh, can I can I start? Please do. All right. Hi. So, all right. <laughs> Good to meet you, and thank you so much for writing in. And I'm going to be able to advise you from the opposite side of the uh, spectrum here and tell you all the ways I've accidentally killed the hardest plants to kill. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out you have to nurture them at least 10% of the time. I Uh, I think that people have lied to us about how easy succulents are to keep alive because I've killed a lot of succulents. It is. But I mean... Maybe it's easier to kill than I thought, but when it's just pure negligence and you can't blame anyone but yourself, I think it's like a <laughs> different ball court. You can definitely over uh, over negligent them, uh, which is why I like that the question has included any uh, advice about gardening or succulents or rocks. So if you're looking for something that you can really ignore, Rocks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They'll, they'll just sense. turn into setup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you neglect them for a million years, yeah. they will turn into sand. So that's your only risk. That's my kind of plant. <laughs> I think you should set up the rocks so they look like they were, they're like some sort of Illuminati. Symbol. Oh, I love that. Like they're crop, crop circles. I do like that. Rocks that you obviously placed. Carefully there, stacked. Or, like, draw, or you could do little Blair Witch or towers. Oh, yeah, yeah, towers are great. You could do like a whole like movie themed rock garden. You do a little Stonehenge. Do a little. What other rocks? Oh, you could build there? a Close Encounters thing. I yeah. like it. Oh, I will tell you my one succulent thing that I learned, uh, which I because I spent a lot of time hanging out at this Uh-oh. coffee shop that had a cool succulent display, and I one day watched the the person who was like paid to come in and garden them, and what she did was she would just look at them and if they looked like they were dying, she would just throw them away and put a nicer one there. So oh, it turns out well. the key to a really good succulent garden, this is in my experience, is that you just don't get stressed when it dies. And that might be the key to all gardening, is you just try stuff, and if it dies, you just get a new one. And nurturing anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are things you can't nurture that way, like children, but for uh, succulents, it works very well. I mean, you can do that with children. I mean, will the law allow you? Hey, I don't could, know. Classroom hamsters, certainly. Uh, the the law uh, of man will not allow that, but the law of God, who knows? Um, let's see, we just lost Phoebe. Let me see if I can get her back while we wrap this up. 
I think that's all we, uh, I think that's a good enough bit of advice for Teresa. I hope that helps. I hope your garden goes great. If you become a meat buddy, you get this free advice free. You get this advice segment uh, with our compliments, as well as we getting full meat buddy uh, rights and responsibilities, including voting on stuff and um, deciding what we're going to watch and all kinds of fun I, things. I will say one uh, piece of advice, or maybe just a perspective to have with gardening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always going to be another season. There's always going to be another day of sun. Uh, like, that's kind of the nice thing about it, is that you get better at these things just over the long run. You know, and like, I've always imagined one of the best things about having a Godin is being able to look back and be like, oh man, my first year was a nightmare, but I've been doing this forever now, and I have all these systems, and I'm, I'm good at it. Like, it's a lifetime thing you want to do. Think of it that way, you know? I think that's beautiful. A, that is beautiful. That is great advice. And uh, yeah, so that, I think that's good. So yeah, if you, when you become a Meat Buddy, you can ask for us to give you advice uh, on almost anything. And uh, also we can give pep talks. We give a variety of options. So please become a Meat Buddy. Read Deshweep.com slash Meat Buddies. Uh, all those great things. And you keep our show floating down the tracks or uh, um, floating along the streets of Venice. So readjustment.com slash meat buddies. And we thank Teresa for her support of Read and Weep. Nailed it, Teresa. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. Now it's time for lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round is our Lightning bonus round. <laughs> We're going in the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round, here we go. We gotta finish this shit up. This is our audience questions uh, round where we talk about things that are uh, Sometimes we're talking about things that are inspired by the movie, but not exactly about the movie. This one, we just did straight audience questions this week. So we got a few. We already talked about turns point. So uh, Zach McFly on Twitter says, I'd love to have you guys give this the no retreat, no surrender treatment. So as you guys know, no retreat, no surrender is our game inspired by the film of that name, where the side characters are more interesting than the main characters. So who would you like to follow uh, in their, their life after the movie is over, what they're doing besides this? Uh, Zach, to start us out, obviously nominated Jaws for his own movie. Yeah. Just yeah. what it would be like to see a movie about Jaws uh, growing up as a guy with steel teeth and uh, and a giant body all the, and all the problems that would present. His manic pixie dream girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> I mean that wouldn't be in the spin Because like, they died with the space station, so there's a very... Sh- no, they, they very distinctly said they survived. Like, they gave two lines yeah, dedicated they, to Yeah, they're their- like, eh, ah, they're 100 feet. Mm. Sorry, they're like 100 feet from Earth. They'll be all right. I thought that was a joke about how they're about to die in the atmosphere. No, Mission Control later is like, we just found this tall guy and this short lady with bows on the wrong end of her pigtails. They're fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very specific for Mission Control. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Jaws, like, file for villain unemployment now, you know? I mean, yeah. or is he a good guy now? Is he? Does he just decide like, well, I'm still going to be a henchman, but not for eugenic psycho, like psychopaths. Right, right, right. He's just still a murderer, for conventional just... bad guys. I mean, know? I yeah, I wonder like if now that he's married, he's settled down. Is he? Is she going to be like, uh, you should just get a normal job? And so Jaws is like just greeting people at Walmart or something in the next movie. Just like very scary. I'm into it. I want to follow the queen after she sees this video of people having sex in space, and then she like she's like, I want to do that, and then goes on this quest to figure out how she can go into space and have sex. I don't think you should. I think it's messy. Controversy. I I like the idea of a queen that sees people having sex in space and just feels like the world has passed her by, (laughs) and like 
the idea of like the queen, like I'm supposed to lead these people, but I don't even understand these people anymore. You know, I want to see that. That's like, just what she thinks normal people do. <laughs> I mean, I want to see that existential. I could imagine drama. if you were the queen. Here's the thing: is also the queen doesn't see people fucking space unless she's demanded to see people fucking space. <laughs> I mean, she. I feel like if you're the queen, you'd be like, I can ask for this anytime I want, and then. Or like yeah. you see it happen, you're like, oh, I didn't know that was an option. That's why I've not asked yet. I mean, I Queen, Queen seems pretty all right. Um, I am curious about yeah, the, yeah. Uh, did any of the eugenic mating pairs survive? They kind of disappeared yeah, after they the Because if any of them survive, I would, yeah. I would love to follow sort of like a life after the cult sort of documentary or ju- oh, just sure. like a wild wild country yeah. 20 years later yeah, like, yeah exactly we thought we were yeah. all having a great time yeah, going we up just believed space. in I didn't love know. and space and killing everybody for no reason and we just thought it was the right thing to do what's well, super manson it is, it is. Yeah. um uh, i i would love to see that wow like in every in every way honestly it's like race war uh space you know, sort of like tricking people into thinking that it's a like hippie love thing, uh, so forth and so on. <laughs> In all those two ways, that's true. It's just like Manson. Those two ways. Um, uh, you know, Dak Drax like played with the Beach Boys a lot before he kind of got into the aeronautics. <laughs> he tricked Dennis into like putting him up as a house guest for a long time. <laughs> uh, lighting bonus <laughs> round. So Nick on Facebook asks: Is Jaws the bad guy? Uh, or is is Jaws the bad guy that is not a shark scarier than Jaws the shark? Which is scary? Those two, Jaws the bad guy, Jaws the shark. Well, I mean, land or water, right? I mean, you put me on sure. water, I'm gonna say Jaws the man is scarier. You put me in, you know, land. Oh, you put me on water, I'll say Jaws the shark. Is well, scarier, but but Jaws, know? but Jaws the man seems to have a never-ending supply of war boats. I mean, he's on several boats in multiple boat chases with guns and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's I mean, he's using his water. company resources. You know, when he's unemployed, it's not like he has access to all those boats. Right, but no know? amount That's of jobs true. is going to get Jaws the Shark to be dangerous on land. I'm saying that Jaws the Man <laughs> is amphibious at least a bit, and Jaws the Shark That's is true. just stuck in the water. I, I have a hard time believing they're two separate oh. entities. Because <laughs> their names are the same. Yeah, you know, I have a really hard, I have a hard time with uh, duplicates. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they're just. I, I think it's very likely that they're just the same creature, and are able to anamorph. Sure. To oh, and sure. fro. I'm into that. Yeah. I like that See? idea for sure. Minds. <laughs> also, no one asked me what my side character no, was. I'm going with the pigeon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, the pigeon. After his friends find out that he's sentient like a human yeah. being, I want to know how that works out. The, I just wanted to say that much. You can cut that out if you or like. Or they just, are they just like still pigeons and they're like, cool job. You're on movies now. I'm a pigeon. I guess, I mean, that's possible. You'd want them to be sentient to appreciate I, how I would cool also just watch that. Yeah. I would watch him eat like a piece of bread too, if that's not how that works out. <laughs> like just normal pigeon. Okay, that's all I have uh, to say. Alex on Facebook asks, "How did the ladies get hyper advanced spacesuits, allowing for so much freedom of movement, while Bond is stuck in a traditional garbage bag?" <laughs> I mean, I guess you're just point. 
I'm really. Fa- I'm it's really more of a good point than a, than a, a topic of conversation. I did like that their spacesuits were just baggy plastic thing. Like it wasn't. There was no real safety I could tell from it. Certainly uh, not no, pressurized. Well, I mean, space is a pretty safe place if you take at it from this movie. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's also a matter of supply. Like, maybe he just got there late. We've all seen Titanic. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. I don't know what it has to do with Titanic, but I have seen it. You're right. Well, lifeboats. Oh, the lifeboats. You know, oh, yeah. It's I like, see it. <laughs> hey, first come, first I just started agreeing with it and then realized I had no idea what you just said. It was like halfway through, <laughs> yeah, I was like well, nodding, and I was like, yeah, totally. Wait, I'll what? I'll take what I can All get. Right, James Bond. Yeah, Bond was like steerage, and he just didn't get there. It's also possible well, it's that, one of those because he was not meant to be on the ship, and so it was like they got suits yeah, that fit exactly. hot people. And James Bond is a weird person with a chin butt, and so he did not have a suit that fit him. He's a little tall. Yeah, yeah. He's a little tall. <laughs> but for I mean, there's also this thing with like with villains like this is everything seems so has to be so vertically integrated if you think about like an actual organization right so it's like drax this is all his vision this is what he wants the suits to look like this is what the shuttles look like this is what the everything is you know like that's just what he thinks good looking astronaut suits look like yeah that's possible this is where his priorities are at yeah because you can't be good at everything you're not kanye Racks. Uh, also, astronauts have to be between sixty-two and seventy-five inches tall in American space travel. How tall? How tall? I have uh, no idea. In feet. Yeah, I don't know. We don't measure stuff in inches. It's not super helpful, and I don't have time for math. <laughs> it's a, it's a stupid way of measuring things. Because <laughs> eventually, like, essentially, you're just getting to feet. Like, you're just going to convert that to feet. Yeah. Also, like, how many stone? Why do you make have to us be? do the math? What is stone? Is it like three pounds for a pound? I'm not sure. Man, it must be frustrating to listen to this show if you know stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's not just hearing us not know, it's hearing us not particularly care that we don't know a thing. <laughs> the casualness that we're like, sure, 62 inches? Well, that math is hard. I give up. <laughs> I, I want to say like 5'8". Okay. Sure. This is a Based very solvable all the problem. Based on I've seen. I'm just not doing it. I refuse to solve that. Yeah. I'm like afraid my recording will stop if I look. <laughs> Can I just cite that as an excuse for the, uh, for the listening to public? To bonus round, it's for you. Jordan asks, what exactly are they raking? Does the moon have these leaves we don't know about? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know about moon leaves? <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing you can jump in on the moon. <laughs> Just cheese and leaves. It's so fun. There. You're in those suits. You you can jump higher in 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 on the moon than you can on Earth because of the microgravity. And so when you land in the leaves, it's soft and really fun. Technically, it's kind of a salad. It's like a big cheese <laughs> and lettuce salad. We did talk about space salad a couple episodes ago because I oh sorry I got to, no no this is great it's perfect you didn't even know <laughs> I I got to talk to a, a a salad scientist at NASA when I was there and uh, she had a lot of interesting things to say about space salad. I love that. Uh, Sounds like a good episode. It was. Yeah, everyone should go back and check out that episode. What were we talking about? I've forgotten already. That was Gattaca. That was the Gattaca episode. Um, oh, I love Gattaca. So we. I use it as my, I cite it as my main source of science research <laughs> uh, all the time. I watched it in biology in like yeah, ninth yeah, yeah. grade. Man, that's what a cool bio teacher you both seem to have had. 
he was Christian too. It was weird. He didn't believe in evolution. I wrote a paper about evolution. He's like, he had a problem with it because I made it sound like it was fact instead of theory. Right. <laughs> he was like super cool other than that. But he did tell us once that he, if his wife died, he would like have to raise his daughters and somehow it got onto the fact that he thinks it's okay to flush tampons down the toilet. And everyone was like, you can't do that's like the one thing that everyone knows. It's the most important woman fact. That's the most important woman fact. Yeah. It's the Rosetta 100%. stone of woman knowledge. Just start with that. That's like your keystone. And then everything so you decode kind of all the other things out of that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah. I, how, I mean, this is an amazing, I'm sure there's like a reasonable explanation, but you're in biology class and somebody is like, what would you do if your wife died? And he was like, well, great that you asked. I've thought about flush this a lot. Flush the tampons out <laughs> the toilet immediately. First thing I do, flush all the tampons. Second thing, find a new cool girlfriend. I mean, what a weird way to go. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird class. We watched Lorenzo's Oil and Gattaca. I did not see Lorenzo's Dude, Oil. Dude, you should watch watch lorenzo's oil for this it's fucking insane it's so dumb well if you want to hear us talk about how great gattaca is you're gonna have to go back to the gattaca episode because this is the moonraker episode and it's time to wrap it up with a minor compliment thanks to everybody who sent in questions and comments uh on our facebook and twitter pages as well as read become slash next where you can see our upcoming episodes and if that's not fully updated which sometimes i'm behind then just facebook or twitter and we'll tell you what's coming up and you can give us your questions and comments for a lightning bonus round now Minor compliments, we're going to reverse order. Anthony, you're up first. What's your small thing, small favorite thing, or last nice thing you're going to say about Moonraker? I love the transition into the musical numbers in James Bond movies. They're usually very hokey, and there's like a strange uh, break between like the reality and like a musical number. And I thought this one of Jaws falling into a big tent and having like a circus aesthetic <laughs> yeah. was pretty neat. That is pretty I didn't neat. like the song very much. I thought this was on the weaker end of uh, James Bond like opening numbers. But well, it's the, just hard to make to justify in a song while you're saying the word Moonraker. It's just hey man, well, Steve Turner I... made Goldeneye sound good. All right, Goldeneye, I can buy literally... it. Metaphor, Moonraker. What are you talking about? Go ahead, Phoebe. Oh, I just, I muted it and sang My Moon River Moonraker <laughs> over it. You're it was the first time I had spoken in like a moon, couple months. So. Oh man, it was so fun. Uh, my minor compliment is, uh, I have so many tiny things I love, but I guess the, um, I guess my favorite thing is the uh, uh, briefing room where they're like, if you look at the screen and then it's a painting, but then a screen appears in it. Which is like, yes. this is your yeah. briefing room. You don't have to make that a weird spy shit, but you wanted to. You were like, and oh. above it, it said "most secret," which was so <laughs> British. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, it's so British. And they had a mirror that turned into a screen. It's like they ev- they hid all of their projectors for no reason, and I thought that was cool. They're dedicated to the aesthetic. They really are. That's one thing that I like about spies is they're really committed. Uh, Phoebe, what's your minor compliment? I like how hot everyone is. <laughs> you mean the Nazis? Like different, no, just like everybody. I don't care. Name a person. Everyone's uh, like really Jaws. fun to look at, and I know that that's shallow and stupid. Yeah, dude, he's like interesting and kind of like he's yeah. handsome in an Adam Driver way. Oh, he is a little Adam oh, Driver, for like, sure. Like, Michael Shannon, lumpy, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if it's right to think you're attractive, but here I am, 
and uh, lock me up. Yeah, I don't know. I just I find that to be a fun bit of like visual trickery Perfect. in any Bond movie. And I like it's it. Like, all look right. at all these jawbones. They're so alien that uh, it's fun to look at. The I end. like it. All right, yeah, Angela. Minor compliment. Um, I liked that all the scientists working for the evil guy were, it was pretty diverse crew. It was like women, yeah. people of color and stuff. Yeah. I, like the British, uh, like spy agency is all 50 million year old dudes. Yeah. yeah. But the, they did a pretty good job of hiring. I felt like. I mean, the irony be... of them working for that yeah. specific mission though yeah. is oh, absolutely. not lost on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's be honest, like. If their plan had worked, the world would be in a much better place today in 2018 <laughs> than it actually is, right? You know, no one wants to talk about that, but just if... If we all lived we'll be, in Moonraker be, land on, in Draxville. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be a generation and a half in, and people would be like, yeah, what our parents did was real fucked up, but like... I see it. This seems all right, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a strong stance for you to end on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, that's it for our show. We're going to end on uh, on Anthony's Nazi sympathizing, space Nazi sympathizing, not real Nazis. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just had some good points. (laughs) Anyway, uh, next week we'll be back. Next week we're talking about Princess Jellyfish because it is anime. And uh, so anime is finally happening. People have been very excited about this for for a long time. I'm sort of dreading it because I'm not a big anime fan, per se. Um, But, Anthony, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know what that means, but fuck you, too. (laughs) No, I think you like anime more than I do. No. Hey, again, why are you just insulting coming out swinging really? at the end of the show? Okay, you don't like... Okay, fine. I no, I, it's it's okay. I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. We're also, it's, it's not going to be just anime. We will also watch at least one animated film. Um, so Because that still sounds like anime. Animated. It's fine. Um, so, I, like, currently, we, it looks like we might also watch Space Jam. That seems to be winning on our animated... Yes! Episode. Yeah, everybody is up. It's time to jam. Um... I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I'm not sure about Princess Jellyfish. So this was suggested by Meat Buddy Danny, who also was the person who put uh, Moonraker into the document. But not like it's not Danny's only. It was like everybody voted for them both. So good, Danny, you are killing it on suggestions. Um, and said that the, all I know is that Danny said that Princess Jellyfish is not what it sounds like. So I don't know what it is. Could be anything. Um, and thanks for our, our Meat Buddies for overwhelmingly supporting these back-to-back films from Danny's uh, imagination. I guess. And thanks to Teresa for becoming a new meat buddy. You can now get in there and vote and help us choose the rest of anime and other stuff coming up in our upcoming months. Uh, and if you want to become a meat buddy, read slash meat buddies. Thanks for being here at Anthony Lopez part two on Twitter. I am not pro eugenics or Nazi stuff at all. I want to get that out there. Thank you for having people me. Always, people already turned out. After we announce the next show, they always tune out. So no one knows. Yeah. No one hears your denial, but they did hear the other part. Yeah, this has not been. This is, I feel bad. <laughs> no, thank you. This is great. I, I'm excited to watch more James Bond and anime. With yeah, that'll be fun. As soon as someone comes up with a James Bond themed uh, portmanteau of a month, I can't do it. Just like I can't solve the math for 62. Um, and anyway, thanks. It'll be fun. Uh, and thanks for being here at Phoebe Bottoms. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Always good uh, to get tacos with you. You as well. Anthony, if it makes you feel better, I'm a, I'm a trained phrenologist. So, <laughs> is that why you're attracted, attracted to guys with lumpy heads? Yeah, dude, there's so much fodder there for me. It's like a, <laughs> I an archaeology like book. Uh, and, uh, and at Angela Maweber in the Gosh Darn Fiasco podcast and the Double Clicks. Thanks for being here, Angela. Thank you. This was fun. I'm glad this was fun because the last time I did something with both of you was not fun. I'm glad we got you a fun one. No, this is really... I feel... I've forgiven you now. Yay. I'm happy. Thanks for not making me watch anime. Oh, me too, dude. I hate it. And I don't care if that's as divisive as phrenology. Oh, man. This is not what I was expecting to happen. I keep assuming... Angela, I assumed you liked anime. I I get that a lot. (laughs) I was was asked yesterday... Thank you. Somebody asked me if my husband was uh, an otaku yesterday. I'm, 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 I don't know what that means, but Anthony laughs. An Anthony, this fan. is why I assumed it's, you like anime because you laughed at that. Yeah. <laughs> An otaku is just people uh, like uh, white people who are obsessed with Japanese culture. Oh, yeah, no. it's oh, not. Like, really into it. That's creepy. An not. otaku. All right. Well, none of us are that, but maybe we'll get one as a guest, or maybe we can get that <laughs> pigeon blogger. We'll see. Anyway, all of this. Yeah. I feel like the longer this episode goes, the more racist it gets, and so maybe we should stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we've certainly gone down a hole here. I am hey, do just... you guys want to talk about if the Holocaust happened or not? All right. Anyway, <laughs> we already did a different. We did that with the. Oh man. Anyway, Romanian genocide. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh jeez. All right. Well, I guess I'm uncomfortably leaving you. I'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Good night. <laughs>